0: Well, what a lovely time we've had together, haven't we, this morning, just, um, there are two words i got to put in my heart for this morning, unhindered, and unhurried, and it feels like actually God's been working that already, hasn't he? Yeah. Which is really, really good. I didn't actually have time to talk on the unhindered bit as well, so thank you, Luke, for bringing that in. Um, <coughs> So, yeah, we're continuing our series Kingdom Come. And hopefully you all know we've been um, unpacking, maybe you might not, Isaiah 61. Uh, and that doesn't mean we're necessarily reading from that scripture every week. We're just working our way through the first few verses of that, getting an understanding of actually what, what does God's kingdom look like. Quite often we end up with quite a narrow view of God's kingdom and what that might look like. And actually, by increasing our understanding of that actually it helps us to be much more effective in our prayers and in looking to see God's kingdom come in situations but hopefully also this series will stir faith in you. will we'll stir an expectancy in you that our God is king and that he wants his kingdom to come, that he wants to do good in the world around us and through us. So today we're continuing our focus on prioritising the presence of God and how that's integral to the kingdom life to kingdom life flowing through it Um, yeah I just want to pray again because I really don't want to talk about the presence of God and it just be information it's, it's talked about in scripture about Jesus actually as we follow him and we obey him he will manifest himself to us And I want Jesus to manifest himself to us this morning. So thank you, Jesus, that you love us. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've already been doing this morning. Lord, I just pray, open our ears, our eyes, our hearts to see you this morning. Lord, we thank you that we do have unhindered access to the throne. We can come boldly before the throne because of the blood of the Lamb. But Lord, there is also those times where you just choose to reveal more of yourself while we're here on the earth, Lord. More of your glory, more of your presence. And I just pray this morning as we're talking, just be at work in us. But Lord, let that not just be a momentary thing. I pray that we will hear and we will respond. Lord, that we will be changed going forward from this day. Amen. Who has had a busy week this week? Lots so, of us. Oh, not as many as I thought. It seems to me that every week I have a super busy week. Two times put your hand up, there we go. That's a good excuse. Time is really precious, isn't it? And there's not enough of it, it feels like. Um, Where I've been unwell for a few weeks, it's kind of built up the pressure of a lot of things to be getting done and getting on with. And I feel like I've managed to accomplish a lot this week, and yet it feels like my list is getting longer. rather than a shorter of things that I need to do and things I need to get done and prioritise. I think the trouble is we end up piling lots of pressure upon ourselves, don't we? We end up putting pressure upon ourselves. We need to get this done, we need to get that done. And hurrying around, doing all these different things, life can be quite manic, can't it? But not only do we put pressure on ourselves, we can end up putting pressure on other people as well. Uh, I know for me personally, that actually, probably the last week or so, I've probably been slightly grumpy at times and that's something I need to say sorry for to Alex and to the kids because there's a lot going on and there's a lot and I'm trying to get stuff done but in such a way that draws my attention away from maybe times where I could be doing things for the children that are more beneficial with them if that makes sense. So this evening most nights after being home from school they end up just watching TV and chilling out which isn't the end of the world and to most that happens a lot anyway but it was more, I had less time for them because I was so busy trying to get done what I needed to get done, if that makes sense. And that's not necessarily the best place place to be in. So I think, if anything, we can end up being tired. Rather than being restful, we end up restless. And I don't know if, if many of you can identify with that, but it definitely can be a rhythm in my life at times. Yeah, the Bible's really clear. Rest is a really good thing. I think one really obvious way to, to say that, even where a non-Christian or an atheist would agree with, is the fact that we need sleep. Actually, if we sleep well, if we get good rest, usually we get a lot more done, rather than staying awake, strained to get stuff done. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Like, actually, rest is a good thing. It's a biblical thing. It's actually a gift from God that is good for us. So is work. Work is a good thing. It's a biblical thing. And it might not feel like it all the time, but actually it's really good for us to work. So, says, Ian, can you bring up Psalm 23, verse 1 to 3? So I just, I felt I was reminded of, of this psalm. It says, so the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It paints a picture, doesn't it? It paints a picture of what life is like with Jesus as our shepherd. And I think rest would sum that up quite well, wouldn't it? Where it's talking about leading us beside still waters, in my ESV, it also says that can be translated as waters of rest. God making us lie down. There's something about following the manual, about following God's plan for us, which involves us lying down in green pastures, involves us being beside waters of rest, and I think it can be worrying if we really realise how little rest we're getting, if that makes sense, and I don't just mean physical rest, I mean the kind of rest here that Jesus is talking about, which is rest for all of us. Yep. Quite often, when the Bible is talking about healing, it can use the word sozo, which is healing for the whole man. And actually, that's talking about emotional, physical, spiritual. And I really feel like something God wants to speak to us about today, is are we, are we getting rest? This is another passage that we've, it's come up quite a few times over the last few years, but I just want to read it again. It's so in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30 here Jesus is talking to those who are religiously striving, but it's just, it's just a call to those who are around him And he says this, come to me all who labour and are heavy laden. So, is it, there's a qualification in that sense in the way of coming to him at that point. He's like, look, I want the ones to come to me right now are the ones who are heavy laden. The ones who are burdened. Maybe you can identify that right now. Maybe you feel burdened. Maybe you feel heavy laden even if it's not in that religious sense of trying to find your salvation in something or earn your your salvation or something, or earn whatever, actually has an invitation to you if you're feeling heavy laden. (coughs) It says, and I will give you rest. It's a gift. It's a grace gift from Jesus. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. He's gentle with us, he's gentle, he wants to teach us, he wants us to follow him. He doesn't want to be forceful with us, he's a father to us as well. And you will find a rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So why am I saying this? Well I think it's really easy for us to get caught up in the ways of the world and that to infiltrate all of our life. So. A lot of life is about what can I do? What can I attain? How can I do things as quickly as possible, as well as possible? And you end up just running around, driving yourself to the ground. And if you're anything like me, you like to do everything as well as you can do. And if you try and do that, you just burn out. Because you can't do everything as well as you can do. It's just not possible. It's not the way we have been made to function. So we end up rushing around and hurrying and actually what we end up doing with those things is actually we end up looking to find fulfillment and peace by accomplishing these things. And at times we do. At times we feel kind of fulfilled. At times we feel peace about, oh, I've got that done, okay, that's good. Cool, I can rest today, but then tomorrow comes. And suddenly you've got all these other things that you, you realise you've got to get done you've got to get on with. And it's not a lasting peace that it brings, is it? It's not a lasting fulfillment that it brings. So I think this can easily characterise our lives, and I want to pick up on two dangers here. We can either, as Sam was saying last week, we can be so so busy that we don't make time to listen to God. And uh, a lot of what he shared last week, particularly about, oh, I can be working, and so for me as a gardener, I can really easily put headphones in whilst I'm working and listen to loads of podcasts, loads of music, and things like that. And what you almost actually end up doing is building your relationship with God based on the worship music you're listening to and based on the person you hear preaching to you, which is good stuff and it's helpful stuff, but it's not me personally communing with God. It's almost me using these different things as crutches. And I, I, you don't need to listen to seven sermons a week, or even sometimes if I... <laughs> depending on the workday, day, five sermons in one day. I could do, if I was listening to a series, it just keeps flowing to the next podcast. And I know it sounds a bit crazy, but we do it with all different kinds of things, don't we? And this is one of the things that makes it possible. Where does this live in your life? Because if it's living in your hands all the time, the likelihood is, is it's living here, in the centre. Okay. And it could be many other different things. But the reality is, is phones are great and they're good and laptops and TV and all those different things are really useful. But it almost becomes a thing where you need a quick fix, if that makes sense. It becomes that thing where oh, I'm just going to check, check YouTube, I'm just going to check Facebook, I'm just going to check Uh, Twitter or whatever it might be, or just be texting your friends and all those different things. But actually, what happens if you don't need to use your phone for a day? Okay, so you don't need it for work, you don't need it, you don't need to contact anyone. How much do you go on your phone during the day? Does it hurt? And I know it sounds a funny thing to say, but actually, does it does it hurt not to? And I think that starts to be an indication. it's got a hold on us that is unhelpful. And that's going to be an ongoing battle for all of us for the rest of our lives and whatever technology does, okay? That's fine, but it's something that it's important to recognise, okay? I can see nodding heads around the room. So that's one danger, isn't it? Is that actually we don't allow space for God to speak to us. Even if we think we're doing things where God will speak to us through them, Because we're always busy, always entertaining ourselves. And that is a a symptom of a world affecting our lives. But we're not meant to be transformed by the world, are we? We're meant to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So that we're light in the world. And I think the second thing is that we can turn our time with God into a hurried time as well. We're just carrying across that thing of, Okay. Yeah. No. It's good, it's good for me to read my Bible today, or to pray, or worship, whatever that might look like. Um, and so you end up spending some time with God. And if you're, so, oh, probably looking very sweaty by now. I'm two months behind on my Bible in a year, but it, it will be there. But I tick the boxes to show that I've done what I need to do. If that makes sense. Sometimes, though, I think I do it with the mindset of ticking the box. Does that make sense? And that's part of the reason why I'm a little bit behind now. In the couple of months leading up to Christmas, i was actually ahead. Um, I was like, you know what? I just feel like God's saying I need to do something different. And so I started doing something different. But it's a real danger that we we have that sense of, okay, I will read my Bible for 5, 10, 15 minutes, half an hour, and then... I tick that box and then move on. Okay? And that's, that's, that's not relationship, if that makes sense. That's not, not going to do us, do us any good. In fact, when Jesus speaks to the Pharisees. He says, you read the scriptures because you think in them is eternal life, but actually they bear witness about me. When we're spending time with God, are we actually seeing Jesus? Are we encountering him? Are we conversing with him, communing with him? Or are we just thinking, that brought me life because I spent time in God's Word and moving on? You might say, well Pete, that's all really good, helpful, useful stuff. But what the heck has that got to do with us? It's still and God's kingdom coming. <laughs> good question. We see in the very start of Jesus' public ministry, um, I haven't listened to Mike's talk yet, it's not online yet. But presumably, I think he was talking from Luke 4, Luke 3 and Luke 4, um, about how our identity is so important, and who we are as sons and daughters of the King. And when we're seeking the kingdom of God, that comes from the place of, actually, we're fully accepted as sons and daughters. We're not trying to achieve something in seeking God's kingdom for our status with God or pleasing him. So in those chapters of Luke chapters 3 and 4, where Jesus starts to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it starts from a place of intimacy with the Father. Not striving, but of enjoying his sonship. And it even says when he was baptised, he prayed, the heavens were opened, the Spirit descends on him and rests upon him, and the Father says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Then he goes off and is led by the Spirit into the desert. And it's not easy because he's actually tempted by Satan while he's there. But he's still fasting and communing with God. He's, 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 he's not making this, he's not in of himself going out and trying to make God's kingdom come in lots of different situations by physically being places, if that makes sense. What he's doing is he's spending time with the Father. There might be things he's praying about to do if his kingdom coming in at that time, but it's starting from a place of the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news. But it's starting from that place of communion, communion with the Father. I don't think I've ever heard anyone describe God as being in a hurry. If anything, I think I've heard people say, I wish God would hurry up. Okay, And yet, we want to grow and be like Jesus, don't we? And so we want our lives to be characterised in a way that Jesus' life was characterised in. So so often we're in a hurry, because we're coming back to that song we sang earlier, our hope just starts to fall into the things of what we're doing, and our accomplishments, our work, and things like that. And yet, actually, when our hope is in Jesus, when our hope is in him and him coming back and taking us to be with him, that changes our pace of life. That changes how we go about and do things. So Jesus was not in a hurry, I don't think, when he was going around his earthly ministry. If anything, he kept saying the time is not yet. It's like, no, 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 don't, don't do this now. No, no, the time is not yet. But his life bore eternal fruit fruit that lasts. It brought life, blessing, goodness, love, freedom to the captives. The blind could see, the deaf could hear, the dead were raised. People encountered peace. The people who were burdened found rest. Jesus' earthly ministry, God's kingdom coming started with delightful communion with the Father. I know I've said this recently, but once again it brings me back to the Lord's Prayer. It says, our Father hallowed or honoured be your name. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's not our kingdom we're seeking, it's not our will that we're seeking, it's God's. But it starts from that place of our Father. It starts from a place of knowing you are our son, knowing you are our daughter, and enjoying that. In fact, when Jesus sends out his disciples to seek God's kingdom, he says, freely you have received, freely give. Knowing what we have received partly comes from actually just spending time with God, communing with him, knowing his goodness, knowing his love, knowing his grace and knowing his peace. But when God's kingdom comes, his presence comes. As Sam's really clearly laid out for us before in this, this series, if we're expecting God's kingdom to come in a situation. What we're expecting is God to come in a situation. We're expecting his spirit to move. We're expecting God's rule and reign to come in a situation. And that's why Isaiah 6, one starts with, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news. And I could have easily spent this morning looking at what does it mean to be anointed with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean that the Spirit is upon me? And how, because it's the foundation for all these other things. But the reality is, hopefully, as we go forward, in future weeks that that will become clear that that will come up again and again that actually if we want to see the captives set free we need God's spirit to be upon us and moving through us and moving in that situation if we want the blind to see we need God's spirit to come and to move and to open eyes of the blind if we want people to know peace we need the spirit of peace to come and move in that situation so I just really feel that a word that God would speak to us, I think this is for me personally, but I do think it's for us as a church as well at the moment, is unhurried. Now, if I'm honest, I've not spent much time really thinking about that word in the past, like general concepts of what it means, etc. But on Thursday evening, I had an hour which I'd set aside for preparing my sermon, I don't think I wrote a single word down or at least typed it. I wrote down the word unhurried. I spent an hour actually just communing with God. Literally. Don't think I even read the Bible. I I literally just prayed and rested. It was restful. It was really good. It... (coughs) It was in the midst of a really busy week, a bit like what Carrie Saccini needed. It was a really busy week. There was a lot going on. I needed to get stuff done. And actually, God met me in it and gave me a lovely, unhurried time of just communing with him. And, and I looked up the word unhurried, and I just Googled it. And it's actually really positive. Like it's a really positive term. You approve of something because it is relaxed, and slow so not hurried at all leisurely not doing something too quickly moving and acting without haste without urgency would you say that describes your times with god at all is there a rhythm in your life of you spending unhurried time with god it reminds me back of the Garden of Eden. it says in the call of the evening doesn't it that God walked with Adam and Eve I can't imagine that was hurried the picture paints in my mind anyway doesn't it it seems like it's ambling along walking together enjoying each other's company if you're anything like me you feel like you always need to be moving on what's the next thing, what, 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 what's that next thing to move on to, I don't want to waste time I do not want to waste time, so I want to get on and do the thing that he's doing so I don't get back to the end of my life and feel like I've wasted stuff, I haven't got done what I need to get done and yet I really feel God just saying to us as a church hang on breathe okay? enjoy me mm-hmm. build your life around me and my presence just be unhurried with me It doesn't mean that in the day-to-day there aren't things that we do need to rush around at times and get done, and we will have an element of hurrying and doing things, okay? But actually, I feel like God's saying there should be a rhythm of unhurriedness in our times with him. Okay, it doesn't mean that you set aside an hour every single day to read the Bible or just to sit and listen or or whatever that looks like. But, But I don't know if... If you would agree with me, but I think as a church, in the last year, last couple of years, we're in a very different place now to what we were. I think God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. And we're seeing more of his presence come in. We're seeing more stories of his kingdom come in. But it's that picture that I shared a few weeks ago of uh, things before Christmas with a mustard seed. God's kingdom's like a mustard seed. And it grows over time. It it develops over time. I hope this will be a useful illustration for you. But I'm I'm reminded of my log burner. So I don't know how many of you have a log burner or not. Maybe not many. I know a couple of you do. But my log burner, or at least the one we primarily use, is um, has got a twin wall flue on it, which basically means it goes rather than like being a chimney that's kind of inside goes up through the middle of the house or at least inside the brickwork. It's one of those like you see the metal shiny ones or land of metal black, but it goes outside the house, okay? Now, the issue with that is when it's really cold the flue is exposed to the cold and it needs to be warm to get a draw or smoke going down. You would not believe how many times our living room has been filled with smoke. <laughs> Particularly before we understood what the issue was, we um, we're, weren't getting, we're, we're getting a draw for the smoke to come out of the fire, if that makes sense. Um, and so we've learned things like we need to do an upside down fire, and so rather than having like the fire lighters at the bottom, you need to have them on the top, so that it doesn't burn too quickly, so you're slowly heating it up. Also, We need to put kind of less kindling in, more fire lighters in. Basically, you want to get heat, but not smoke, because the smoke has nowhere to go at first. But the other really interesting thing is when it's cold, as in I'm talking about when it's really cold, the cold air tumbles down, and if you shut the door, like you normally would once you've lit the fire the cold air actually causes just the cold air to come down and put, put the fire out. And I feel like, I hope this is making some sort of sense. Alice didn't pre read this book for me, so she might be like, no. Um, I feel like that can be a bit like us with our times we've got. I think there are many of us here that maybe, maybe struggle to have unhurried times we've got. And sometimes, maybe the way I speak about my times with God, you think that I find it always really easy and always have these amazing times, and we're wide different. But you know what? God really loves each and every one of us. And he's made each and every one of us to commune with him. It says that Jesus died the right... uh, once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, so he might bring us to God. All the way from script, through scripture, from the beginning to the end, you see this narrative of God's heart of bringing a people back to himself, to commune with him. We don't, with any of our children, or at least that I'm aware of, just, just to assume, I'm not like, okay, Molly, she, she just doesn't get spending time with us as parents, so... We'll just let her to do her own thing on her own. But Ezra, he loves it. So we're going to put, we'll we, we enjoy spending time with him. And we want to spend time with her, but she won't like, no, no, no. Both children love it. And it, all the children in the church, I see, love spending time with their parents. Don't they? They love it. They enjoy it. It's natural. And actually, part of that is a reflection of what our relationship with God should be like. Because we were made in his image. And so, God wants to commune with each and every one of us. It's okay that that looks different. It's okay that it, we look looking different ways. And we, some of us might find it easier to engage in Scripture. Some of us in worship. Some of us in prayer. Some of us might just find it easier to actually when we're with others. But we need to be more deliberate in then in spending more time with others communing with God. That's good. But, coming back to, to the analogy, once the kindling's burnt, almost looks like to the point where the kindling's all going, you can kind of tell our get getting hot enough because we've got a little fan on top, and that's when it just starts to warm up. And then if you're quick, and you put a little bit more kindling in, and then some like, really small logs, kind of in between kindling and logs, you can get it going, and you can shut the door, and there won't be, and it won't go out, okay, and it will burn well. But it takes time. It takes time. Uh, I know there, there are people in this church that have given time when they really struggle with spending time with God and it's turned into a delight. Doesn't mean it's easy all the time. But actually, it, it's as if once you get almost... It's not getting used to it. But, but with anyone... I think the more you spend time together, in some respects, the easier it is to hang out with one another, isn't it? If that makes sense. And it's the same with God. Like actually, if we're spending time with him, if we're letting him teach us, he said, didn't he? Learn from me. I'm gentle. I'm lowly in heart. I'm gentle. Learn from me. He's our shepherd, he leads us beside still waters. And there's this element of just coming to him and just saying, You are my shepherd, leave me. You are my shepherd, leave me. And being expectant. So I just really encourage you to give to give time to that. What what the, what does it look like for you to have a rhythm? Of unhurried time in your life with God, and I think if we're really looking to see God's kingdom come in power, if we're looking to see His peace break through in situations, if we're looking to see captives set free, if we're looking to see the blind seeing, the deaf having their ears opened, both physically and spiritually, if we're looking to see those things is going to come from a people that are walking intimately with him. I think that's the testimony that that I see from, like Mike was saying, you look at the wider picture of the world and we can really see God's kingdom is advancing and it's growing. And a lot of the times the places where we see that is where people are just passionate about Jesus and spending time with him. And I just feel like God would just say to us, "He is doing a new thing among us. But we need to learn to enjoy spending time with him like he enjoys spending time with us. Okay? So I feel like there's two responses. One, I'm going to pray for us here and now. And that's a good thing, and I think God will do good things. But the second response is putting into action something. And now that does not mean that you go away and think tomorrow or this week I'm going to spend an hour a day with God, particularly if you struggle to find any time a day with God. That's going to be a bit like just trying to start a fire when it's cold and the cold air is going to come down it's going to choke it and the room is going to be filled with smoke and you're going to get caught up in the business of life and it's going to be uncomfortable and not good and no fruit is going to come but actually if you listen to what God is saying to you if you follow the manual the Spirit's leading and take small steps but be deliberate be disciplined I promise you life will come. I can promise it, because it's biblical. Okay? It's not me just saying that as a whim. But I promise you, will, you will learn to enjoy. Just like I think if we give ourselves to prayer more, we'll see what it says in Isaiah, where, Jesus, where it, there's a prophecy, and it's like a picture, where it says God will make us joyful in his house of prayer. I think actually... Part of learning to be joyful in this house of prayer is learning to be unhurried with him. Learn to spend time with him and be that bit more sensitive to God's spirit and what he's saying. So I just just really encourage you just today, take a moment to to, to think actually God, God, are you speaking to me here? And if you are speaking, what what step forwards? What's the right step forward? Okay? And then let's all stand, if that's all right. And I'll pray for us. Our Father, I thank you that you love us. Lord, I thank you that you've brought us into your family. That we are now one in spirit with you. But Lord, the life we live here is a battle. Lord that's why we have to put on the armour Lord it's why Paul says to the Corinthians I'm concerned that the the, the deceiver who deceived Adam and Eve might take you away from a pure devotion to Christ Jesus in your mind and your thinking Lord we we don't want to be taken away from a pure devotion to you Lord we want to be a people of a pure devotion to you Lord we want to, to live an unhurried life with you where, where we find a rest in you. Where we find peace in you. And so God, I thank you that you're speaking to us. Lord, I do pray for us as, as a church this year that we'll, we, will be, we will grow in unhurriedness. Lord, I pray that actually these worship nights that we're, we're putting in as well, Lord, that they will be times of just us corporately stepping into that together. But Lord, I also pray for us, Lord, in in the everyday, Lord, the times, times where we're, we're not all together, Lord, I pray. Help us to, to find joy in you. Lord, I thank you that, that a fruit of your spirit is self-control. And Lord, I really pray, just help us to, to know that fruit, Lord, that we'll be self-controlled in how we spend our time, that we'll be diligent with how we spend our time. Lord, and that that actually we'll, we'll just all learn to cultivate lives of, of, of just where, where the fire burns with you. Lord, and for those of us where, where we feel that's a long way off or impossible, <laughs> Lord, I pray, open our eyes to the truth. Your Holy Spirit says you will guide us into all truth. So I just pray, come Holy Spirit and guide us now. Amen.